You're now listening to Stouffville Pentecostal Church Audio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. Today I want to share with you um, a little bit of vision for the next 10 years, for this decade that's to come. We're going to I'm just sort of going to paint a little picture for you today, and then I'm going to break it out into some more detail at our annual meeting coming up in March. But I wanted to just plant this in your spirit and get you thinking and praying about this as our staff and our board, and uh, we've been meeting and talking about this stuff. And it's, it's time to share some of this and hope that you catch this. By the way, today is a big sign-up day, and so uh, our, our, all of our forms are out there. All of our small group sign-up is out there. All of our volunteer sign-ups are out there, uh, worship team, membership, uh, kids, you name it, ushering. It's all out there. And so uh, at the end of the service, please go back and have a look and just ask the Lord, what is he calling you to do? Where is he calling you to serve? He's calling all of us to do something, to serve somewhere. And so uh, even think about it uh, in between now and the end of the service. Praying for a vision. Ezekiel chapter 47, let's get right into it today. Put it up for me. It says this, In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. And there I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1750 feet and then he led me across and the water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 750 feet and uh, and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in and uh, too deep to walk through. And he asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank, and when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. And then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all the way from Engedi to Elgamon, or however you say that place. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun, and fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified, they'll still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food, 
and the leaves for healing. It's an amazing passage of Scripture. Look, we don't want to be a dull, dry church. Amen? We want the Holy Spirit to touch everything and to bring life to everything that we do. And without Him, we know we can't do it. Without Him, the Word says we can do nothing. He says so many times in so many different ways. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my... It's by His Spirit stuff gets done. So we have been working through this 10-year vision plan, and I'm going to share some of that process with you today. And like I said, uh, more details uh, are going to come in a few weeks at our annual meeting. But I really wanted, I felt like I, I really wanted you to get a taste today. And so, so catch this, all right? This is important. This passage in Ezekiel and also in Revelation 22, it's almost like a parallel passage. It, it has a message that ties in with what I believe God has been speaking to us about the next season for our church. Now, I get that this passage is what they call apocalyptic, okay? Uh, but I, I think the best approach as we're, as we're looking at this chapter, Ezekiel 47, is to take it both literally and symbolically. At least that's how I, I look at it, and I believe that's a balanced approach. I believe that Ezekiel is, describe, is literally describing with accurate detail something that is going to come. It's real. I believe it's going to happen. But I also believe that it symbolizes something present for us. There's a truth now that we can get from this. So Ezekiel is describing something that is going to take place in the future. People debate about when and, and, and how, and it's not really uh, my concern today to deal with any of it. But some people say it's a picture of heaven. Some people talk about the new Jerusalem. Some people talk about the millennium and during the thousand-year reign of Christ. But at some point, what he describes and the parallel passage in Revelation 22, we're going to see it happen with our own eyes. But my purpose today is just to point to some things that we can learn and apply right here and right now. So first, the source of the river. Just put up for me verses 1 and 2 again. It's in my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. And there I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. So without getting bogged down in, into all the details, which I think some people do, and, 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 and you lose, I think, the whole significance of it, the, the, the source of the river, it starts at the temple. And I think that's significant to just note that. That this is where the presence of God was. It, was. it was where God made his home among the people in the Old Testament. You would go to the temple and there he was. And so it paints this picture for us that God is the source. That God is the source of life. That all good things flow from him. All good things start from him. All good things will come from him. He is the source. It all starts with him. And so for a world that is thirsty, for, for spiritual truth. People are more spiritual now than they've ever been before. They may not go to church, but they're more spiritual now than they've ever been before. 
And people are thirsty for spiritual truth. And for a world that is in need of forgiveness and salvation and hope and truth, the answer, my friends, is still Jesus. It's still Jesus. Look at John chapter 4, what Jesus said. He replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And he said this a couple of chapters later, John chapter 7. He said, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and, don't don't miss this, shouted. He shouted. He didn't sit and go, anyone who is thirsty, you can come to me. No. No. That's not the picture. At the climax of the festival, he stands to his feet and he shouts to the crowd, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who was going to be given to everyone who would believe in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. He's yelling out a promise that would soon be delivered. Jesus is the source. He says he's the way, the truth, the life. We know it. He's the source of revival. He's the source of transformation. He's the source of healing. He always was and always will be the source. He said, if you're thirsty, come to me. You see, there's a response that he calls us to. The river is there. The water is there. The refreshing power of the Spirit, I'm leaving with you. He's there to be found, but you have to respond, right? He sends the Holy Spirit to provide for all of us so so that we would have all that we need to live this abundant life that he has in mind for us. And it's not on the screen, but you know, John 10.10 is such a powerful verse when it says, Jesus says, look, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come, I have come to give you abundant life. Get the difference today. The source And where we're drawing our strength from makes all the difference in the world. See, if we want freedom, we want joy, we want peace, we want strength, we want wisdom, we want courage, we want the power to overcome temptation, we we have to go to the source. The Holy Spirit has been sent. Jesus said He's coming. He'll be among you. He is here now, right here, right now, to help us, to guide us, to empower us. And we have to be tapping into that source. See, if we run to another source, which a lot of people do, we're only going to get what that source can give us. But if we run to the real source of life, we get the abundant life that Jesus has promised that is there for us to have. He wants to give it to us through the Holy Spirit. 
So the source is important. Second, the size of the river. The size of the river. Look at uh, 47, uh, verse 3 to 5. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream. For 1750 feet, and he led me across. Water's up to my ankles. He measures off another 1750 feet, leads me across. This time the water's to my knees. After another 1750 feet, it's up to my waist. Then he measures another 1750, and the, wa- and the river's too deep to walk across. In fact, it's deep enough to swim in. That's what he says. It's deep enough to swim in. So the water that the prophet saw coming from the source, the temple, God, starts gently, but then it seems to get deeper and stronger and more powerful the further he went. It becomes this mighty river that was healing everything in its path. And when we receive God's word, it becomes this mighty river that heals and touches everything. It, it transforms everything from death to life, right? This abundant spring of living water, Jesus says, rises up within us. So what is the secret to personal transformation? What's the secret to experience all that God has for us? The answer is our thirst for the Holy Spirit. Our thirst for the river of the Spirit in our lives. Ezekiel said, and it can make for such good preaching, i got no time to go into it today, but I mean, Ezekiel says, the water is ankle deep, then the water is knee deep, and then the water is waist deep, and then it's deep enough to swim in. So the size of the river is more than enough. It just depends how far into it you want to go. It's there for you. It is there for us. See, we all have our excuses and, and the, the reasons we justify where we're at in our present spiritual condition. You know, oh, I'm going through such a difficult time. Oh, I, I got so much, I'm so busy. Oh, I got so much responsibility. Well, join the world, man. Join the world. Join the world. We have all the excuses in the world to try to justify why our relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit is not as deep as maybe it should be. But here's the thing. I think the bottom line is this, and here's just a nugget of truth, okay? Are you ready? Like gulp. Are you ready? Just receive this, okay? The bottom line is we have as much of the Holy Spirit as we want. That's just the truth. If the river is flowing... And we can be ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, or we can get into the river where it's over our heads. Then we have as much as we want. And our excuses become pathetic and almost ridiculous to mention. See, there is more if we want it. The river is flowing. The the size of the river is big. He says, look, if you want to stay ankle deep, you can. If you want to keep walking until you reach deeper water, you can. So the point is, is Jesus is looking for thirsty churches. Jesus is looking for thirsty people. See, a small thirst will produce a small quench. Sow a little bit, get a little bit. Sow a lot, get a lot. The same principle applies, right? 
A small thirst produces a small result. And he says, look, jump into the river. Get off the banks and go swimming. It's there for you. Just keep walking. Keep going. You'll find it's there. It is there. So I I want to encourage us. uh, Listen, we sometimes focus on how empty we are, not on how thirsty we are. And there's a difference. Let me tell you, there is a difference. I have met many people in my life who are empty. And you'd think empty people should be thirsty, but it's not always the case. Sometimes we can be empty and not thirsty at all. It's just it's the way it is. I just live paycheck to paycheck. Just going to make heaven by the skin of my teeth. Oh, I can't serve. I'm not that good. I'm not that talented. I just, I, I just survive. I'm empty, but you know, not that thirsty. Mm-hmm. We focus sometimes on how empty we are rather than directing our prayers in a much more powerful way to say, Lord, make me thirsty. Because here's the thing you can be empty and not thirsty but I don't believe that you can be thirsty and empty. It won't go that way. Those who hunger and thirst will be filled. Filled. Anyone who is thirsty will not be empty very long. So if you keep focusing on how empty you are, you'll stay that way. But if you say, Lord, make me thirsty, then you get both. That's just for free. I did, that was just good. Somebody needs to write that down. I, it's not in my notes, but that's, just, that's, that's, that's good. Listen, it's true. I didn't even think about that till just right now, but that's the truth. Thank you, Lord. You, you can be empty and not thirsty, but you can't be thirsty and empty. It's not possible. So, listen, we can pray, Lord, we're empty. And listen, it's not a horrible prayer to pray. I've prayed it myself sometimes. But how about this? How about something like this? Lord, make me thirsty for the filling and the power of the Spirit. I know the river is deep. I know the river is big. I know the river is powerful. I know that the river is able to provide. There are many things that call for my time. There are many things that call for my heart. There are many things that call for my attention. But please, Holy Spirit, increase my want to. Increase my desire to live and move and and, and just breathe in the deeper water of the Spirit. Help me. Do this in me. Help me not to be satisfied with where I am. Those who hunger and thirst will be filled. This is a powerful prayer. And so listen, the size of the river is huge. It's ankle deep, it's knee deep, it's waist deep, it's over your head. But thirst is the key if you want to experience something more. The river is big, and you can wade into it as much as you want. Okay, i got to keep going. That's, that's good stuff, man, right there. Okay, the power of the river. Ezekiel uh, 47, look at verse 7 and 9. 
when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. He said, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The water of the stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Isn't that cool? Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh, and life will flourish wherever this water flows. See, the river has the power. We're talking about the Holy Spirit now, right? But the river of the Spirit, it has power to restore. It has power to heal. It has power to renew. It has power to revive. It transforms, Ezekiel says, it transformed everything that it touched. See, it didn't just flow to the Dead Sea and create life out of the Dead Sea. Yes, it did that, but it created life all the way from the temple, all the way down to the Red Sea. Everything it touched, it, it, life began to spring up from the water that, would, that was flowing through this river. You know, the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea for a good reason. Here's a deep, deep thought for you, because it's dead. Those of us who have been there, and I'm assuming some of us have, I've been there multiple times. Every time I've been there, it's as dead as the last time I was there. It is dead. It is absolutely dead. It is the lowest part on the earth. It is a hot, sandy desert down there. And it is brutally dead. The water in the Dead Sea is approximately, I looked up this week, it's approximately 10 times saltier than the regular ocean. So uh, it, no plant, like uh, virtually nothing grows in it. There, it's just, it's, it's dead. But when the river flows, come on. But when the river flows, it's powerful enough to make the Dead Sea come alive. And everything in the path down to the Red Sea was impacted and changed. Nothing and no one who touches the river stays the same. The hungry get fed, the empty get filled, the bitter become sweet, the unhealthy are healed, and the dead are made alive. The river is powerful. Look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 7. He said, at that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. Then he told John's disciples, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. This is the power of the river. This is the message of the gospel, and it's the desire of Jesus for all who would believe and receive to get into the river, to be touched and changed, healed and transformed by the river, and go out and do something powerful with it. It's not a stagnant pond. You don't just receive. The river keeps flowing. In and out, in and out, in and out. That's what it's about. 
The Holy Spirit is here, right here, right now, right in this room. He's here listening to my words. He's here reading our thoughts. He is among us. We are standing on holy ground. Even though I'm standing and you're sitting. But he's here. He's here. He is here and he's powerful. So listen, let me give you a little bit about this vision stuff that we've been working on. I've been thinking for a while about what God wants to do among us. And most of you know that we've just come through this long, miraculous journey to get this land and to build this building and to be here in this location. You've heard me say it a million times, and I never get tired of saying it. We are, we are here, but for the glory of God. We, we are here because multiple miracles happened in our very time. We saw multiple miracles of finances. We saw a miracle of zoning. We saw favor beyond belief. We saw negotiations that fell our way. We, we, everything that needed to happen, happened. We, were, we did our part, but it was God and God alone who did this. We are here because he wanted us to be here. And there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. But you've also heard me say, now that we're here, I've always had this nagging, not a doubt, but there's just this nagging feel that we're here for something that we're not yet accomplishing that we're here for a purpose that we haven't yet walked into. It's, it's like a, it's a holy dissatisfaction. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's, a, it's a good gnawing feeling. There's something that he did, multiple things he did, to get us right here. And there, there's a bigger purpose. There's something more. And so as I pray into it, as I think about it, as we talk amongst ourselves, there's a sense of this. We've been, uh, um, we've been back, our family, uh, now we've been pastoring here back now for 10 years. Came in 2009. And in 2010, we started the work of getting here. And we moved in in... 18. It took us eight years, and 2019, that year we just finished, was our first year here in our new building. And as we, as we have gone through this process, basically it was, we were talking about, or at least I was talking about how for that first 10 years of our time, it felt like God was doing something among us. The, we were, we were, we, you know, we, we had some growth, the, our, our finances were getting better, but it was all about the building and getting here and very focused for eight, almost nine years of getting here. But now that we're here, Lord, and we're entering into a new decade of 2020, now, Lord, what is it now? I know you brought us here for a reason. I know you've done financial miracles. You've done zoning miracles. You've done all kinds of crazy, bizarre things. We should have never been here. You know that, right? It's an absolute miracle to be here. That's right. 
And so we're here for, this, for, for, for such a time as this. And as we're entering into this new decade, and I'm asking God, what do you want to do now? You brought us here. What is for now? What's, for the last 10 years, we were focused on this, and we got this done, and now we're here. But now what, Lord? We're entering 2020. Our personal time, our first decade was this. But what about, I don't know if we'll make it another decade, but who knows? What's for the next 10 years? I mean, you know, I, I'm not going anywhere. That's okay with you. We plan to stay here. Is that all right? So... That was a little lukewarm, honey. That was a little lukewarm. Well, pray about it. But listen, um, what does is, what is the decade of the 20s hold for us? So as a leadership team, we've been working through this book. And this book is, uh, the book is, uh, was called God Dreams. And it has these various vision templates. And again, I'm going to explain more at the annual meeting. But it has various vision templates that we were working through. And we were scoring all individually what we felt was important for our church. And then we came together. And after meeting together and going through the process, it became clear that two out of the 12 templates were really rising to the top. They were, they were resonating in our heart. It, it seemed like this... Is what, this is what God is calling us to. And so those two templates were called, one was called presence manifestation, and the other one was called spiritual formation. And, and so let, um, again, I'm going to go into further detail later, but basically what those mean is we feel called to focus on and to emphasize the work of the Holy Spirit. Presence manifestation. That we want him to be welcomed, we want him to be shouted, we want him to have his way. And so that, that's something that was resonating with us. And also the formation side of making disciples and forming people into maturity and taking children all the way up to seniors and making them into solid, solid, strong believers in Jesus Christ. And, and so, yeah. So... That's what we've been talking about, and it got me, I was saying at the meeting, just imagine, I know this is ideal, okay, but just, just imagine with me what a mature believer with the unction, the strength, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit can do. And then just imagine what a church together of mature believers with the unction, the power, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us. What can God do through a church like that? See, you may say to me, whippy-doo, whoo-hoo, what's the big deal, Pastor Jeff? I thought we were trying to do that now. And you're right. We have been. But this is not some crazy vision that next week we're going to paint the church purple and uh, I'm going to wear tie-dye shirts and everything's going to change. It's nonsense. It's not about a vision statement that we're going to put on a plaque and nobody will care about in two months. It's not about that. This is about trying to clarify and to refocus where we want to spend our energy and how we want to spend our resources and what we want to prioritize. And so I get that you may say, you know, what's the big deal? But 
I just want you to know this process has been a refocusing and a clarifying for us, at least for me and a lot of us, um, of who we are and what we're called to do. Like I said, it's not a vision statement on a wall. It's a priority that we want to show with our decisions and with our resources. And so, yeah, we're going to put uh, not a vision statement together. We're going to put a paragraph together that I'm calling the refueling statement. And it's going to be a statement of what we feel God has called us to and, 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 and what, we, what we believe God is going to do in the next 10 years. It'll have short-term goals, mid-term goals, and some long-term goals. And we'll break all that out for you, uh, and we'll share it with you all at the annual meeting. There's so much more I could say. But in this process of when we started to put these templates together and try to work on this paragraph that I was just, just mentioned, they recommended that you get together with a very small group of people at the beginning to work on this description. So I've, I, I called uh, uh, Helen and Pastor Jordan if they would come in one day and we began the process, the three of us, of, of, of working through some of this stuff. And as we began to work through this stuff, there was a dream that we remembered Helen had the dream, and she's going to come in just a second to share with you this dream. But she had a dream about 15 years ago, and uh, it didn't mean too much to us then. But while we were working through this process, God brought this dream back into our minds. And it was so clear that the dream was a, a it was like a prophetic dream that the Lord gave to Helen 15 years ago for this church right here and right now. Doesn't that sound like a pretty cool dream? So instead of me trying to share someone else's dream, I thought it might be better if she shared her own dream. So give her a hand as she comes. Yeah. Yeah, 15 years ago. Sometimes the Lord, you know, gives me a knowledge, gives me something that I just know in my spirit. And it's quite amazing how he brings it to pass. It doesn't happen a whole lot, but when it comes, man, is it real. So... I just want to go from where Jeff was talking about uh, asking myself and Pastor Jordan to come into this meeting and let's kind of dissect all this information that we had from the board and the staff together and let's let's try to condense it down and you know work it and figure it out and um, I I have to say that I was sitting there with you guys. And I was quiet. I was listening to them, and I was, like, really excited because I could see these two guys were really pumped. And they were really prepared. 
prepared. They both had read this book, God Dreams, and, and they knew that this guy who wrote it had this formula to help us to determine what is God's vision for our future. And so I was really excited about that. And I'm like, okay, well, what can I add to this? And, and I'm, I'm, you know, here to serve. So, so I just opened, and we all pr- came into this prayerfully, knowing God was going to, you know, bring this together. But um, what happened was um, in the meeting, we were struggling because we had to, part of the equation here was to, like, draw a picture. And there was just nothing really coming. And we were kind of, well, there's still nothing up in this quadrant. We have all these filled, and we still have no picture. And I began to hear these guys, you know, the scripture would come out, and they were talking about Ezekiel, and they were talking about Revelation, and, and I was chipping in, and we were talking. And, and well, it, this Ezekiel thing came up again and again, and then, the, you know, that we were reading the scripture. And I said, you know, I had a dream about Ezekiel 47. And, and Jordan's like, oh. And Jeff's like, well. So Jordan's grabbing the, the marker for the whiteboard. And Jeff is saying, OK, well, tell us, tell us what you saw in the dream. And I said, well, uh, I was in a church. And bam, there's Jordan writing the church, like drawing a church in the picture quadrant. I'm like, oh, OK, this is moving along. And, and uh, Jeff says, well, what else? What else did you see? Well, uh, I saw a river. It, it was, it, it's just so like it was just yesterday, despite it was 15 years ago. OK? So, um, so there we have this picture forming. And within, I would say, about 35 seconds, we had the, the, the graphic that we needed to move forward. So let me, with that background, tell you that when I had this dream in 2005, we were in Woodville in Ottawa. And um, I, I was moved enough, even though my dreams are always very real and they're always in color, uh, this one really impacted me. And I got out a pencil. <clears throat> the next morning, and I drew this picture. And I wrote a few notes down and made some comments of things that I saw. And I was quite confused because it really didn't make a whole lot of sense at the time. So I now realize, because now God has given me also the interpretation of the dream. So the important thing for you to remember, as I had this dream and got it all down on paper, it wasn't until a few days or maybe weeks later that I read Ezekiel 47 and went, oh, wait a second. I I drew a picture about that. And it was uncanny how similar it was to Ezekiel's vision. And 
I, so I wrote it down on the page. And, and when I showed Jeff, he goes, oh, wow, you even have Ezekiel 47 written on there. I'm like, huh? So, so it was miraculous just to start with. Okay? Do you get that? Okay, so I'm going to paint this picture for you. I don't have um, an image for everything, but Shelly's going to give us a hint and help you to see my dream. So I was, I was in a church. Uh, first of all, I was in an office by myself. And I got up and went out of the office, and I went and I looked in the other door, and there was Jeff. And yep, this was definitely a church. And he was the pastor. And I didn't linger too long. He was busy. He was talking with someone. And um, so I moved through the halls and, and was looking around in this church that I did not recognize. And uh, Jeff was in this office talking with someone. And what they were discussing was the church was struggling. And this person wanted um, to talk with Jeff about how to get this church restarted, rebuilt. And an interesting thing that I wrote down on my page was that this person lived in the church. <laughs> okay, so that leads me to believe that Jesus was the person that he was talking to. Okay? All right, so where am I? Um, hold on a second. I don't want to lose you in my dream. You know what I mean? We got to track. Um, okay. So, thanks for your patience. Okay. So, I'm in the halls, and it's quite dim. Things are faded. I don't know where I am. And I'm asking God the question, where am I? What's going on here? I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't understand why I'm here. I don't understand um, where we are here. So help me, Lord to understand. And then, suddenly, I was over here, and I was looking at this river. And this river was coming to the church. It was, like, really strong and very vivid, and it was kind of focused at the corner of the church, but it, it was just a coming, and it was coming under the church. It was going around the church. It was going through the church. And again, I'm like, what am I looking at? Like, what does this mean? But let me describe this river to you. It was unstoppable. It was powerful, but not crushing. And the waves were there, but there was a steady flow. It was moving, and it was purpo purposeful, 
and it was rushing definitely toward that church. Okay, so then I'm over here, and I'm looking out of this doorway of the church, and there is a really empty street. And, well, it's kind of a stark contrast between lots of water and movement and then this dead street. There was not a soul on it. It was barren. It was not a place that I wanted to see because it was dull and rather dark and stark. So I'm like, I don't like this place. I, I, wanna, I wanna know what that means. What road is it? Is it an actual road somewhere? And suddenly I was down on the street and I turned around to go back into the church. And strangely enough, this road led right up the stairs of the church. So the road, wherever it came from, led straight into the church, straight up the stairs and straight through the doors. And I'm like, that is the weirdest thing. Have you ever seen a street that led right into a church? It was really quite cool, actually. But I was disturbed by the fact that that street was dead and very quiet. And so I said, Lord, I don't like this. If the street leads to the church, then it should be filled with people and it should be filled with laughter and people should be coming in and having a great time. And coming for what's going on inside and who's there inside. So then I suddenly was in another part of the building. I, I, I had walked down uh, that hallway again, back towards where the river was. And this way was, um, oh, I had to go down the stairs. And so I was like in this sunken room. And it was a pretty big room. And I knew this was an important room. And I look over, and there is, is our windows. And actually, in my drawing, it's kind of funny. We got windows, and we got windows there. It's just like my drawing. Okay. But anyways, so I'm, this, this was an important thing. So I walk over to the window, and all of a sudden, the window becomes like this huge uh, aquarium glass. And I'm like, whoa. This is cool. I'm really enjoying this scene because I really love to see fish and life. And by the way, the first time I held hands with my uh, husband-to-be was 
while we were standing looking inside aquariums. Remember that, honey? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, I remember. And it was not really part of the dream, but the, the feeling was there, shall we say. Okay, so what was neat about this aquarium was, this is sort of kind of give you an idea, but what I saw was like this aquarium that kind of came down into two, two scenes where, you know, when you're at like, you know, some uh, indoor aquarium, they've got all these awesome fish and stuff, and you can see under the water, and then you see the surface, and then you see what's above the water, right? Can you imagine that? Okay, so what I saw in the water, and um, we referenced the measurements of the water and the river and all that, and I, I don't want to go too far and digress, but there in my notes, I talked about measurements, and, and the water on me was about, um, you know, the level of my hand or my hip. And so I knew that had some significance that I would be in the river, but I was still looking out. You follow me? Okay. So anyway, so, so I'm standing there, I'm looking, and it's amazing. All these tropical fish are everywhere. And it is alive. You ever seen a dead fish tank? It is not nice. This was alive. It was exciting. It was colorful. And it was um, just the essence of life. It was awesome. And, um, and, and uh, I'm like, man, you know, Jeff has got to see this because he's really the fish guy in the family. Right, guys? He loves his aquariums. Um, we haven't had one set up for a while, though. Maybe we should, maybe we should revisit that now, okay? <laughs> so, okay. Kind of busy, honey. <laughs> Rather. <laughs> truth. Okay, so. Um, stepped away from my notes completely here. I'm just so excited about, about what I saw. Okay, so. Um, Oh, skipped a, skipped a part. Um, let's just go back to the street. The street. Okay, there's buildings on this street. It was lined with houses. Okay, that's an important thing. It was lined with houses, and so you knew that there was people there but you couldn't see them, okay? I want you to remember that. Okay, so let's go back to the aquarium. So this, this was a great thing. And I'm like, I have to go and I have to get Jeff. And before I went, I saw not just the tropical fish, but then I saw the above the water scene and it was beautiful. There were trees growing along the bank of this river. And it was, again, colorful and alive and healthy. And I'm like, that's it. So I go get Jeff from this office. I say, you have got to see what I've just seen. You've, you just won't believe it. And so we go, and we're standing there, and we're looking. 
out this aquarium window and completely do not understand what we are looking at. Like, it was amazing, but we didn't know why. So, it was a bit of a, a quandary. So, one of the th important things also, in the um, aquarium where there was all these tropical fish, the fish were swimming not in salty water. They were tropical fish swimming in fresh water. And I said to Jeff, I, you know, like for the life of me, does that make any sense to you? How is that even possible? And you were completely lost. Had no idea. It's, it's technically not possible. It's, it, that's not the way things work. So, so this was another question. What are you trying to show us here? What does this mean? How can this be? So when we come back into today and uh, we're in the meeting and I'm looking at that board with this graphic that we, we had written up there amazingly to encapsulate the dream. I, I was amazed and, and, I, and I asked God to tell me more then about the dream because now I know that that dream that happened that feels like yesterday, that was 15 years ago, um, took place for the right time, the right people, in the right place. And so I believe he did give me the interpretation. And instead of me getting lost, and hopefully I covered in my story most of the things that I feel he's revealing, let me read through this interpretation. So I believe that the picture that I drew is a combination of the old SPC, the old church, and this new church. How do I figure that? Well, the two offices in the old church, there were only two office doors side by side in that hallway. That's what's in my picture. So I, I know that was the old church. And Jeff was talking to Jesus, and he was talking about rebuilding this church. And so kind of an important thing for you to know, and Jeff did allude to the fact that, okay, well, the Lord brought us here. He brought, first of all, our family here, and then um, he brought us all here to this location together. So kind of what's important to know is that when we were in another church in 2006, after we had left Woodville, we were in Burlington at Glad Tidings. 
And I had one of those times. The Lord has revealed something to me, and I spoke it to, to Dad, Laird, something, and it was like, oh, my goodness, it's so right. And Dad, I said, when we're done with the club, we'll be done with the church. Basically, what I said um, was that to Jeff. I said to you, as long as you have the club, I will be here. I will help you. You remember that? So when, when Jeff got home that day, I said, I told your dad, when we're done with the club, um, no, I said, I will stay with you until we are done with the club. It was a fitness club. And then I said, Jeff, I want you to know, I convinced, because we didn't know how long we would be there in Burlington. When we're done with the club, who knows when that would be, we'll be done with the church. And he brought us to SPC to the exact day, three years later in 2009. So you need to know that. So what I dreamt in 2005 for 2009, I also prophesied something in 2006. Only God does that. It's crazy for this particular church. Okay, so you need to know that. Okay, so here's the interpretation. Two offices, I said, the old SPC, it had two doors on one wall. The dream revealed Jeff talking with the Lord in 2009 about rebuilding. Next, the street. It represented the condition of SPC at the time. It was dim and not really favorable. It was a low attendance. The church was empty. We had a bleak financial situation and the mindsets. They were hopeful but defeated. Spiritually, it was struggling and declining. Sense of purpose was in this place. So... It's pretty amazing that my picture described that. When, when Jeff and I, uh, in 2009, had to decide what we were doing when we felt the Lord bringing us out of where we were and having us take a church, the Lord spoke something to, to uh, Jeff that you've heard before, um, um, the story of Nehemiah. And we came on the premise of Nehemiah, who went back to his homeland and rebuilt the church. God gave Jeff a word. He spoke to him. Jeff cried out, God, what are we doing? We keep saying no to all these places and opportunities, and I must be losing my mind. And we were saying no because Jeff would go, so why are we saying no again? And I would say, because I told you, when we're done with the club, we'll be done with the church. And we're not done with the club yet. So I don't, I don't think you need to 
get ahead of yourself. Just be patient, be calm. But doors are opening. But we began to walk this faith journey through all of that, even when it seemed that the club was coming to a close, we were saying no because there was one question that we couldn't answer to all the questions. Is that where we are supposed to go? Is that the church that the Lord would have us lead? So, Nehemiah's dream, I mean, Nehemiah's mission was to go and rebuild a church. And that's what we came on. The houses that line that empty street are a representation of the communities and the local perspectives, having ideas and attitudes toward the Christian institution, apathetic, indifferent, and spiritually dis distant. Many people have been alone, they're lost, barren, while filling their lives with many things except the Lord. They have stayed away from churches despite a warm open door policy of the local Christian churches in their neighborhoods. Thus, the street that leads right out, their doors are open. They're right there. But the people are missing the wonderful message of Christ's love and his salvation, which we proclaim and treasure here at SBC. So that's the end of the vision of the past of the old SPC. So the old SPC, the street, um, and the offices, that represents our past. And in the present, uh, the, the image of the river is representing the ever-present. So what, what I felt about the um, the river was it represents the Holy Spirit who is constantly moving and does not, has not, and will not stop. He's moving whether we see or not, whether we sense him or not. I loved uh, the John scriptures that you use, Jeff, about the river. Come and drink. Be filled. Go to the source. It's ever present. The work of the Holy Spirit is mighty and refreshing. And it flows without ceasing. He's been moving at old SPC, and he will continue to move at new SPC. His waves bring fresh ideas, fresh anointing, fresh power. But we got to get in the river. He will not crush us, but he will flood and churn us until we learn to let go. We need to be filled. We have to go to the source. We need to let the spirit flow. Praise the 
And we let him flow in whatever direction that he wants to take us both personally and corporately. So the river represents the ever-present. Okay, the stairs of the church. I understand that the stairs actually represent our new building. That's why I know it's, it's the past, the present, and the future. Here we are. This is our future here. And those steps out there that go down to the street, they weren't supposed to be there. When we were doing all the architectural drawings and everything, we were supposed to be all down on this nice low ground, no stairs anywhere. But when you look out that door and when you're on the street at that intersection, do you not see the stairs go straight up and into this church? So I know this word is for here. So the, the stairs, it's amazing how the elevation of the land changed and there was stairs necessary. So it's all good. God had that planned a long time ago. He said he will make sure it's finished correctly. 15 years ago, he knew those stairs were going to be there. So our walkway definitely leads up our stairs. There is no mistaking. We are here. The church is here. The Lord is here. The stairs represent the invitation to church. We will say, welcome. The doors are open. The Lord is here. But you must first take the first step. Actually, it's a really good marketing slogan. Take the first step. The stairs also represent the journey we ourselves are on. We will grow spiritually if we choose to climb. We must all start at the beginning by declaring faith, first of all, in Christ. From there, we have much to do to discover the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and how we, as his children, fit into his plans and purpose for our lives. So we must take the first step ourselves, but then keep climbing. The window view with the, with the tropical fish, all those tropical fish, they represent the potential health of the inhabitants here. That's all you guys, that's all of us. Anyone who makes this place their home, the inhabitants here. As we allow the Holy Spirit to move, our spiritual, mental, emotional, physical health will review, reveal our new condition. I see a vibrant, 
healthy, especially healthy. There you go. That's the big word. Healthy, vibrant, interesting, unique group of people enjoying many transformations before the world around us. And I believe many more nationalities, race, and color will join us. May God bring us into the deliverance and miracles, healing in our homes and in our new sanctuary here. The trees along the bank, they represent maturity. Only those who root themselves in the word of truth will find stability, they'll find strength, and the deepest blessing of thriving and giving. We must be rooted and drink from the fresh supply of living water. Have nothing to do with false teaching and unholy thoughts and unholy living as these will self-contaminate the Lord's fresh water, will ruin it. We don't want to make it brackish. Those trees that drink from that kind of water, they will wither into weaknesses and fall. So instead, grow strong in the Lord, in his truth, in his love, and be alert, worship him, seek his will, and flow with his direction. Go with it, don't fight it, enjoy it. Be filled and be baptized by his spirit so that you have power and strength to accomplish all that he would have you do. Be mature and produce enough fruit to teach and feed others in his way. And I believe from this dream and seeing that vision, I believe more trees like that will grow on the shores of SPC. So I'm going to wrap up. That's my interpretation. Quickly. Um, on, on my sheet, I have a little image of basically what I believe is heaven. And my picture showed that river that flowed to the church also flowed toward heaven. And it was a beautiful city there, over there, where that river leads. And once Ezekiel's prophecy is lived out, and it's lived out here, we will all meet in heaven with many more joining us. So keep praying for all your people. Keep believing, keep asking, keep inviting, keep up your hope, because we can make a difference. The Lord is here. He'll make a difference in our church and in our whole area. So to recap, the office, we can trust his leading he is here. The street, though things might seem uh, dim and empty, God's at work. The stairs, invite someone to take the first step. 
as far as you go, keep climbing. The river, get in the river. Get in the flow of it. Go deeper. The tropical fish, become healthy. Come alive. And the trees, become mature and feed others. So Jeff's going to show you the graphic. Let me leave you with this. Embrace the SPC vision. Whatever it is for the next 10 years, let's go together on this. The manifestation of his presence, our spiritual formation, and the many blessings that's going to come with it. We're going to experience it together, and it's going to be awesome. Heather just felt like she wanted to share something with us. If you don't know who this lady is, her father started and planted this church. So go ahead. It's regarding dreams. Well, this wasn't really a dream. This was more of a, just a vision kind of thing. We were actually in Bali in Indonesia several years ago, and we were up praying at the front of the church, this audience, and... Um, the Lord impressed upon me, and I don't get these kinds of things very often, and I'm sitting there, and this comes back to me now, and it's like the Lord said, share this. So I'm sharing for, to you what the Lord showed me many years ago, and it's very quick. It was just a row, not row, a row, rows and rows of harvesters sitting, lined up, ready to go to bring in a massive harvest. And the feeling was, we have been using the sickle, you know, the really hard way mm. to bring in God's harvest. But he has a massive harvest to bring in. And I could see rows of this equipment sitting there, ready to go. It's right there. All it was missing was the manpower to get in it, to move it. Mm. And I feel like the Lord is saying there is a massive harvest to be brought in. You're here for that purpose right now. Right. It's his harvest. It has yeah. nothing to do with you. That's right. It's his harvest to bring in. It's the end time harvest. Mm. And you have the privilege of being one of the people, the people to be in these machines to bring these lost souls mm -hmm. to him. Right. Thank you. Thank you. So, Ben, come on back. Stand to your feet with me as we close. I just wanted to say this. I, uh, you heard all about it in, in, and, uh, our service has gone on, but I, I just wanted to see, say this. Of things when I look into the future, this is what I see. I see a crowd coming 
that's too big for this sanctuary to contain in one sitting. I, I see a day where we're going to need multiple services and the need for a balcony. I see more rooms that are going to need, that are going to, need to be added down the back. I see a parking lot that's going to need to be expanded. I, I see finances flowing to make it all happen. I see our services alive with the presence of the Holy Spirit. I, I see salvation and baptism on the rise. I see healing happening, reconciliation. I, I see addictions being broken and hope being restored. I see a church that's filled with the Holy Spirit, willing and empowered to use their spiritual gifts to make a difference, to bring in the harvest. I see SPC having already experienced multiple miracles to get us here, to get us set and primed for the greater glory that is yet to come. It is awaiting us. I see a river that is ready to flow. I see a river that is awesome and big and powerful, able to do things beyond our imagination. I see God's people getting off the bank, getting off the bank, getting off the bank, and jumping deeper into the river, walking deeper into the river. And listen, I see that it's all possible if we would just get thirsty enough and go after it the way we should. Somebody said amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.